Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast, The Business Side of the Pet Industries, with your host, Dr. Molly. And Todd Rowland. And today we are excited to bring you part two of boundaries. So today we're going to be talking more about boundaries with your teammates, boundaries with your employers, um, and then boundaries, you know, if you're an employer for your teammates. So just all the other boundaries that we haven't really discussed so far because those are all such important detrimental parts of being happy where you're at in your um, pet industry. So the first one, let's just go ahead and start with boundaries between you and your other teammates. People think, oh, it's just a work life. Oh, I just work with them. We don't have to be friends. And although that's true, you do want to be able to get along with them. You don't want to have animosity. You don't want to let things build up, aggressions build up, um, resentment build up. And because one day you're just going to explode or you're going to be so miserable that you're going to start dreading going to work every day. And this is not just a thing. I've seen it pretty common among groomers just because that's the industry that I've had the opportunity to work in so closely. But it happens in vet offices. It happens in retail spaces. I mean, it can happen anywhere, really in any industry, not just obviously the pet industries. But that's something if you have an issue with someone like having a very well-oiled and I guess cohesive team feeling is just going to help you guys get along so much better. It doesn't mean that it has to be your way or the highway, but just make sure that you guys are coming up with ways that you can address issues calmly. You can get even like a third party, like a manager or a boss or another teammate to maybe mediate the situation. Um, One thing you don't want to do is start going behind people's backs and talking about them, spreading rumors, gossip, those kind of things. We have a strict like... We just don't tolerate that. Like, that's just going to do nothing but breed animosity in the work environment. And that's something that you want to make sure to avoid. Because in no situation is that ever going to be a productive, positive environment. Yeah, and for no better word, bitching downwards or across the line does not help anything. You know, you have to, if it's a true complaint, you need to take it up to the next level, like Molly said, management or something like that. You know, if it's employee harassment, uh, sexual harassment, someone fudging the books or your time card or something like that. But if it's something that you can work out with your team member without involving management, it will probably go over a lot better and you can help that relationship build without going to management. Yeah, another reason that you might want to just approach like a higher level is a safety thing. Or if it's something that you've addressed and you've tried to address individually or tried to address down at your same level and it just goes in one ear and out the other or it's um, something that's repetitive, repetitively being done over and over and either they just don't care or they're either doing it at this point just to aggravate you or just because they know you're watching Um, especially if it's a safety issue, Um, that definitely needs to be brought up to someone who can address it and do something about it. And just because you do have something that you feel you do need to bring to a team member or a manager or owner or something like that, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I'm a tattletale or I'm telling. Like, it can literally be something they have no idea about. Like, if you have a couple of team members and let's say you have a team of five working and four of you all get along great, but there's just one person that every day, like, they're showing up late. They're not helping check-in dogs. They're taking an hour-long lunch. They're just kind of complaining about everything, and it brings everybody down, and everybody feels the same way, then that's something that needs to be addressed because, you know, taking one toxic person out of a situation is going to improve the morale for everybody. 
But that's just one thing to think about. Um, so there's so many other things, too. Obviously, if it's something little and trivial, you just blow it off. But um, if you've got an issue, let's say you're a team member and you have an issue with your boss, that's a whole other set of problems. And a lot of times, either the owners, managers, bosses will set up a hierarchy to where the team members don't feel comfortable coming to them, or they team members have had experiences in the past where they weren't able to, and they just don't feel that way. And that's something that I came from that in a corporate world. Like, nothing I said mattered, and um, that's just not a very good place to be in. And so that's how we try to run our organization is so our team members feel like they can approach us and they can talk to us, whether it's something about like, hey, we think we could do better on this, or hey, I just really need this time off, or I don't understand this, or could I do this better, or this is the product I like. And we may or may not change something based on their recommendation or something they've found, but we always want to take the time to listen and make them feel heard and see if it's something that we can work in um, to our practices. Yeah, I think keeping the open-door policy really helps out well. Yeah, you don't ever want to make your team feel like they can't approach you. And then if you're on a team and you already feel that way, um, where you can't approach your management or something like that, then, you know, reach out to us. We can try to help you maybe do some dialogue back and forth and come up with scenarios to where we can maybe walk you through a certain situation or tell you about an experience we've had either from you know, the management side of things or as the employee side of things because we've both been in both of those positions and had to deal with that. But never just feel like you can't approach them because, again, feeling that way is just going to lead to resentment and lead to lack of boundaries, lack of things like that, especially if it's something that is making – um, or breaking your career. Like if you want to offer um, and go get continuing education and you they won't give you the time off, that's a conversation that you can have. Like, hey, this is good for my future. It's good for your future. It's good for morale. Like it's only going to make me better and it's only going to give me more knowledge that I can then come back and share with other people. Um, and that's just one example. Um, another is like, you know, whether you're a vet tech or a groomer or anyone that's actually working, a trainer physically with these dogs, and you're getting, we've all seen the doodle craze here lately, the last couple of years. You know, if you're getting 10, you know, big dogs a day or 20 a week even or whatever, like just try to have that boundary conversation. Like we try to limit ours unless they're in the same family to just two or three big dogs a day. That way they're not being killed constantly all day long. It's like our body, our mind, like that is the one thing we have to work with these pets, and we don't need to kill that. Okay, so I guess now moving on, um, another boundary issue is like if you're on that management side of things, manager, owner side, and you're trying to set boundaries with team members, this is a big one. Um this is something that I struggled with. It's something I still struggle with is trying to find that balance because, again, like I came from the corporate world where there was no type of equality. There was no open-door policy. There was just people breathing down your neck all the time. And so when I started, I, you know, my first team member was a friend of mine that I used to work with. And we just, for the most part, let her do her own thing. Like, And then 
we've just kind of gotten a little lax. We've always had policies and procedures, but we, you know, until we started getting people outside of those that I knew and that I knew I could trust, we didn't necessarily enforce them like we should have. And what that's done is just allowed people, even at this stage where we are pretty strict, we do have a handbook, we do have team meetings, we do go over expectations, we do do write-ups if they're warranted. Like, we still sometimes will give because, especially, you know, during that hiring crisis, um, during COVID, everyone was quitting jobs, everyone was wanting to stay at home, nobody was applying for jobs. It didn't matter what industry you were in, pet care or not. You just could not keep or find team members. And so that's a real um, concern for business owners, and and we understand that. We went through it. And so you kind of get to that point to where you're almost even afraid to address issues with your team members. And it's one of those, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. And that's something, I'm not saying that all of our team members have done that or anything like that, but it is something that we've experienced along the way. And that as a business owner, as a manager, someone who tolerates that is going to build up resentment in you as well. So that's something that if you can just address from day one and try to set that hard boundary of this is how we do things, this is why we do things, and then just don't deviate from that. Don't make exceptions. Don't, especially if it's safety things, equipment issues. Um, You know, a lot of our service is mobile grooming. And so we don't allow our team members to drive our vehicles for personal reasons. They can stop or start somewhere on the way to or from their shifts, but like they're not working on a Saturday. They don't need to have the van out going to Walmart, getting groceries, that kind of thing. And that's, you know, for, you know, wear and tear and gas and stuff. But, you know, let's say someone, they get in a wreck on a Saturday because someone else runs a red light and T-bones them. Like that van's going to be out a minimum probably six to eight weeks. And they weren't even scheduled to work that day. So that's just a whole separate set of heartaches. And the things that we talked about in the last episode with like setting boundaries with your clients, if you don't do this from day one, it is harder to to bring it back in. Just as Molly was saying, we were relaxed because it was hard to, uh, you know, recruit new employees. It was hard to retain the ones that we had during the the COVID phase, but we we did get a little relaxed, but it's made it a lot harder to pull the reins back in. And we, as we're bringing pulling them back in, you know, we do ask ourselves, is this something that will matter, you know, a month from now? Or, you know, if we were in their situation, how would we want to be treated? Like, that's a big thing, too. Anytime that you're making a policy, you know, you need to think about when I worked at XYZ, how would that a policy affected me? Because we, you know, when this company was created, when we first started hiring people, we wanted, we did not want to be the big corporate store and all their policies and it'd be all about the numbers. But, at the end of the day, when you're making payroll on Fridays, it is about the numbers. And it makes it extremely difficult to... Yeah, I mean, it, it is about the numbers. I mean, when it comes down to it, because if you want to be able to provide your team with the best equipment, provide your team with the best training, provide your team with, you know, a good set of mechanics or a good sale rep or you know the best products that they can offer or the best trainers to train their dogs like all those things like come with you know a price tag and so being able to have that savings to cover those issues or to have that network and have people that want to work with you as much as you want to work with them like that is that's very important and just because you're addressing an issue with a team member doesn't mean like 
It doesn't have to be a bitch fest. Like, there's a way to have a, you know, a calm conversation with someone over a policy violation and still let them know, like, they're valued and you, you know, appreciate them. You appreciate, you know, their hard work, everything they do. You know, their customers love them. Like, but, you know, we need to address this issue and let you know that it cannot continue. And that's why it's important uh, most of the, you know, people that are listening to this, you're a single owner. You may have two or three employees. You are, you know, it is lonely at the top. That's why it's important, again, to build relationships with people in your community, in the same industry, even if it's not in the same industry, if you can, you know, you know someone who is head of HR at a, a local company, and you can kind of bounce that off how you're going to approach this employee about this problem so that you actually have someone to talk it out with before you talk to them if it's your first go around of disciplining an employee. That's true. And there's so many different social media platforms and things out there now, too. Or these um, conventions and expos, those are great places. Every industry holds them. Um, so no matter what space you're in, you can still have that opportunity to go out and network and meet with people. There are these um, subscription clubs for these different brands and these different organizations and industries to where, you know, they walk you through these steps. They offer help. They give advice. You know, um, there's Instagram groups, Facebook groups. Now, you got to watch out for the Facebook groups. I haven't really personally encountered this, but I've seen a lot of it where someone will ask a question or want advice and they more get attacked than helped. Um, so don't let that discourage you. If you, you get in one bad group or one group or you don't fit in, look for others. I mean, there's 10 or 15 of them out there for everyone. And um, if you don't have Instagram, um, we've noticed the Instagram uh, groups just tend to be a little more positive. People actually you know, giving suggestions or, hey, this is what I went through. Or, like, if you see someone posting something that you can relate to, you can always private message them or send them a thing, too. Like, we, you know, there's so much talent in the pet industries and so much that has happened or people have experienced that you may never meet those people in person, but that doesn't mean that you can't still build a network and build connections with them and share your ideas and get their ideas. And that will go a long way. One thing I think too, when setting boundaries, it's, you know, before you hire your first employee, you need to have an employee handbook. And we update our employee handbook yearly, sometimes quarterly we update it because we implemented things that we thought would be great for the team and no one either a took advantage of them or it didn't work out like we thought it was and so we stretched that and rolled something else out no there's nothing wrong i mean you don't want to do something every week roll out a new policy in your handbook but we do set you know the we have quarterly meetings with the full staff and we do set times up to go over items in the employee handbook that we've made changes to Yes, and you definitely want to make your team aware of that. Like, you don't want to just switch something before you have a new hire go on board. And then, um, you know, you don't put it out to the rest of the team. Although, let you know, let's say your PTO policy changed. The new people know that, but the ones that have been there for three years don't know that. Like, that just comes down to good communication. So that's something every time there's a, a change, you know, we'll update it. We'll send it out to everyone and again, you don't want to bombard them. So even if you just start with a basic handbook of, you know, this is what's expected. This is our procedures of X, Y, and Z, how we do things, what order. This is our uniform. This is your start time. Like, 
if you're absent, this is what's expected of you that day, like how you let us know, update us, things like that. Um, that will just get rid of a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration from both your team member because they don't know how to handle a situation or from you as the manager, owner, boss, because, well, they're not communicating. They're not letting me know. Or why don't they understand this? And you don't want to just hand someone a handbook. Like you want to actually go over it with them, have them sign it at the end, you know, just to say, yes, I received it, what version it was. We have a, every time we update, we put the month and the year on it. So we know like when someone started, that's the version they got. And if we made changes and we didn't alert them, I mean, that's, that's not their fault. That's our fault. So we have that on file, which version they had. And, you know, we make sure to go over it with them. Um, let's see some more boundaries. Um, it's just boundaries are just, I don't know. I just don't feel like I don't just want to sit here and ramble on to you guys for 30 more minutes about boundaries, but they are at the foundation of every single thing that is going to run for your company. And like I said, that's personal boundaries, like cleanliness. That's a huge thing in the animal space. Um, whether you're kennels or vets or anywhere that even a dog or cat can be present, um, you got to have your cleaning sanitation procedures outlined specific and make sure that they are followed from every single employee. Or if you expect customers to clean up, you know, you can't just allow them to come and go and not address if their pet has an issue or an accident. Like those are things like We've all seen or heard like safety incidents or sanitation issues, things like that, that make like global scandals. And that is something that will completely ruin you um, and your team members. So those are something you need to have set. Yeah. And we, you know, we are, as we said in the beginning of this episode, we are pretty relaxed in a lot of things because we do trust our team members. They wouldn't be on our team if we don't trust them. We have a couple ones that are just non-negotiable. One is like Molly just said, it's cleanliness. Like that is a non-negotiable for us. That is a boundary that cannot be crossed. If you're not keeping your rig or your workstation in our salon sanitary, like it's a immediate write up. Um, that's just one of our non-negotiables. Yeah. And- yeah. So, like. And those are things like write-ups, have a policy for your write-ups or at least make sure that you have somewhere where you can track those because you don't want, you know, we live in Tennessee and it's a right to fire state or whatever that's called. So technically, if we let a team member go, we don't even have to give reason, but that's not how we like to do things. Like we do believe, and almost all of our team members, anything we've ever had to address, we've been able to kind of, you know, correct it and, you know, build a great team and a great bond. Now, sometimes we're just not a good fit for everybody, and that goes both ways. Either we're not what the team member is looking for as far as leadership, or the team member doesn't fit in with our style of leadership, or like, you know, we have salon members that work together every day, and they're just not a good fit. But just having the things that you you know are like must-haves and then, well, these are things we can work on. And um, another one for us that is we've had a lot of issues with is like punctuality and time, showing up on time. And so those are things, again, just make sure to address them with your team, make sure to document them. If you're a team member and your start time is 8 o'clock and you know there's no way that you're going to be there at 8 o'clock every day because you have to get up, get your – a uh, kid to daycare or get your dog dropped off down the street for something or like 
just make sure to communicate that. Our team members all get to pick their start times. So some of them start at 8, some of them start at 9, some of them have started at 8.30 before. We have one twice a week she starts at 7, twice a week she starts at 9. But those are her set hours. And, you know, for the next six months, her schedule is made out that way. So just, you know, have some flexibility in your yeah, yeah, and I will jump in and say that there too. I, you know, as as a business owner or as a manager, you cannot be set in stone. All my employees are going to start at eight because that's what time I want them to start. I mean, you can be that way, and that's fun. But I can tell you, since two thousand and fourteen, we've only had to let one team member go, ever. Um, very few people have left us. People have left us to start their own business, or that they're you know expecting a baby and, and don't want to return to work, or they you know, graduated with a, you know, a a degree and moved on to another field. Like we work with our employees to make their work-life balance very, it's important to us that they have a work-life balance. In this industry, you know, you've heard us say it over and over again, people get burnt out so easy, so fast. So if someone wants to start at seven o'clock, two days a week, and then at nine, the other two days a week that they work, work with them on that. Because if you push them to work a certain time, they are going to be late every day because it is hard to manage work and your personal life nowadays. Yeah, and your customers will be there. I mean, what you have available, they'll make work. I mean, when have you ever called your vet to make an appointment and they didn't have anything ever available or they offer you something two weeks out because that's their first available and you didn't just take it because, well, I'll make it work. Like, you know, your team is someone, like you can't function without them. Like, and you can't function without a good team, a happy team, a healthy team. Um, a non-burnt out team. So just little things like that can really make a difference. We also, like Fridays, we try to get our team off an hour earlier than we would throughout the week just because, hey, it's Friday. Or like one of the boundaries that I set with customers a long time ago is we don't work weekends. Like we're Monday through Friday, no holidays. But, you know, we have team members at our salon that one of them wanted to work Saturdays. Like that worked better with his outside home life schedule, Tuesday through Saturday. So, I mean, we didn't just say, well, no, like that's something if he ever leaves for whatever reason or he needs to go Monday through Friday, we can address that when we get to that, you know, cross that bridge when we get there. Customers are for the most part pretty understanding. And now we have a second groomer that is weekends only because that's what works with her home schedule. So like we would have missed these great opportunities with these amazing team members that bring so much to our organization if we had just set that boundary to say, well, no, we don't we do not do weekends. Like, just because that's what worked in the past doesn't mean that's what's going to work in the future. And we understand, again, that doesn't work for everybody. And the things that we do may not work for everybody. But just setting your boundaries and reevaluating your boundaries and looking at them from the perspective of your team members, of your team members with each other, like, even if you have team members that you can kind of pick up that they have issues or you've noticed things not so fair or, you know, kind of resentment building, but you know they're not going to say anything, go ahead and take the opportunity to address it yourself. Be like, hey, I've noticed, you know, you know, Sam is cleaning, you know, pretty much all the cleaning throughout the week and you're just vacuuming and leaving. Like, let's make sure that this is even or let's get checklist or like you do it on Tuesday, Thursday, and he'll do it on Wednesday, Thursday, or, you know, Monday, Wednesday, something like that. So just kind of recognize those things. Also, when you're talking to a team member from an owner or leadership position, it's also very helpful, helpful when you notice someone is struggling to get their own time or 
or finishing their daily task after the grooming part's over, ask them how you can help them. Start the conversation of how I can help you. It, you know, if you immediately jump into you did this wrong three times, they automatically will go in defense mode. Most people will, but if you start the conversation with how can I help you you know, achieve these daily tasks or get here on time. Do we need to adjust your start time? Do we need to do X, Y, and Z? Like your employee will appreciate you so much more if you, you know, hit the difficult things like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same, like when you're having these meetings or you have to address a boundary, it's like starting with the positive, going into the negative, and ending with a positive. And that could be the same as if you're a team member approaching your other team member or a team member bringing up something that you don't agree with to your boss. Be like, hey, like I think our whole environment is great here. However, you know, Tina, I've realized that you just keep throwing your towels on the floor or you don't clean your kennels up at the end of the day. And we're just worried that, you know, that's going to cause, you know, if there's ever a dog with an illness or, you know, if a mess gets left in there, it'll get on a clean dog. And, you know, again, I think everything you do is so amazing, but like, let's just watch this one little thing or, you know, and that's a way that you can bring it up to another team member. You could address your management with, hey, like we love the flow and, you know, the support we get, but like, we're honestly like, I'm just, you know, four large dogs a day is just too many for me. Like, I'm really worried, like I'm going to hurt myself or, um, get burnt out or have to take an extended break off just to get some rest. You know, is there any way we can address this? Again, like, I've, you know, I do appreciate that I feel I can come to you with this. And I just wanted to see if there's a way we can work together to come up with a solution that works for everybody. And, you know, same from the management point. Hey, like, you're awesome. Like, you're getting such great customer reviews. Like, your grooms are coming out great. But, like, we have to get you here on time. Or we have to get you to get your you know, walls wiped down after each dog just real quick, you know. And again, like your customers that love the pics you're doing, like we know we can count on you for everything. So let's just, you know, get this taken care of real quick. It's like, like Todd said, like start with the positive, bring up the negative thing, and then you can always wrap up with another positive just so they know they feel that appreciation that you have or the understanding. And you're always going to have boundaries that you can be flexible on. I mean, this your employees, your team members were all real people, real life things happen. And so you do have to be somewhat flexible, but then you're going to have your boundaries that are not flexible. You know, they are a no. And, you you know, cover those in the employee handbook that, you know, these, like I said earlier, cleanliness is one of ours. I mean, that's just, it's not up for negotiation. It's just, it has to be done. But one thing that I always stress is just whether you're a team member or you're the owner or the manager, you need to treat everybody with respect um, and that's the only way you're going to get treated with the respect. Yeah. Something that, too, if you struggle with that or you just struggle to fire off a response, and, again, this doesn't matter what position you're in, what industry you're in, just take a minute. Like, take 10 minutes. Take 10 hours. Like, if you're going to – whether it's your boss, your teammate, a customer, whoever is sending something to you and it instantly infuriates you or aggravates you or – and you're just one of these where you fire back a response and then you're like, oh, I probably could have worded that better or said something better. Or you have the regret of, I, well, I wish I hadn't said that or it's going to make this relationship tough moving forward. Just don't don't say anything like you don't have to respond or you can say, OK, I've received that. I'll get you my response, you know, within 24 hours or, 
you know, thank you for letting me know. I'll take that under advisement and I'll get back with you, you know, or you can just say, okay, or, you know, like it. <laughs> like you don't have to give an in-depth fire back, back and forth response. We had a team member a couple weeks ago that responded to a policy um, update or change. I'm not even remember what it was actually about now, but I do remember the response. It was like, I've received the email. I'll respond after I gather my thoughts. Perfect response as far as do not, you know, she later entered the email a day or two later with a very respectful reply. There's no reason if a policy affects you negatively. I mean, you can always reply to the email, can we meet later this week? Yeah. And that way you have time to gather your thoughts um, and facts to get your facts together before you, you know, address a manager or an owner with problems if you're a team member. Don't, you know, don't say it always seems like employee A always gets the smaller dogs like, well, you know, this employee may have been here for three years and has built her clientele up, and these are all request dogs. You've been here six months, and you are getting the overflow dogs, although we are limiting you to two a day unless they're with the same family. But it may seem like that we're not giving her any, but her books are booked out for six months, like, you know. Yeah, and so that's a good one. Yeah, just make sure, or I don't know, if there's something that you don't agree with that – you are not just complaining. Like, why don't you agree with it? What is your solution? How could we make this better? That's one thing we always try to put in our team meetings, too, is like, you know, what's something positive that you've experienced since your last meeting? What's something negative? Like, what's one thing that we can work on? Or, you know, as a business, as a team, as a team leader, like, you know, and get that feedback. And we <clears throat> will do that either, you know, one-on-one -on -one if they have something to say, but We'll leave index cards and, you know, 10 blue pens sitting on the table. And we'll say, you know, just write down comments, questions, concerns, things that you want to be anonymous or have one person write everybody's, you know, and that way they just hand it in. We don't know who it came from, but we have honest feedback to go off of. And sometimes we get nothing. Sometimes we get two or three things. And, I mean, there's times that we'll have a whole list of things. And that doesn't, again, mean that we're going to change all those things, but we're actually going to think about them, talk about them, take them into consideration because um, sometimes there's just things that you don't think of that, you know, would be helpful or different or it may work for that one person. But And I feel like our team is our family, uh, they're our work family for sure. But like we said, you know, at the end of the day, you've still got to make payroll on Friday. Yeah, that's true. And then at, and at the end of the day, like if you're a team member and it's not your business and it's you've tried to make it work with people like we've all seen like at the end of the day everyone's going to do what's best for their family best for their life best for their situation but if it's somewhere that you think you want to be and you think you know with just a little bit of tweaking that you could work it out and it could be a great environment then you know don't just gloss that over and look for something else because you may have the perfect opportunity right there you just have to talk about it and bring it up but all right, guys. Well, that's it about us rambling for boundaries part two today. Um, be sure to let us know if you have any questions, and we will catch you next Monday on the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks.